Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Let's be honest. There was a talk in the town last week. Would Razor Ray get the job? Well, he got a job and a very prestigious job too. Maybe, just not for the colours. A lot of Kiwis would have hoped for. It was announced that the Barbarians have snagged Scotty Razor Robinson and Ronan O'Gara to lead the famous Invitational side against the All Blacks Invitational team in this year's Killick Cup. Rory Lawson played for Scotland more than 30 times and he's on the Barbars committee and we're lucky enough to have him on the show now to check in with the black and white hoops. G'day Rory. Hiya fellas, how's it going? Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for joining the show, mate. Look, let's cut straight to the chase. Was it easy or hard to convince Razor Ray to be a part of the Barbarians? I've never been a part of the outfit. I would have loved to, but was it an easy task in the end? Uh, look, you have to ask him about how easy a task it was for him <laughs> to accept it. But I think from from our, from the, the club's perspective, uh, I think he's a guy that just encapsulates everything that the Barbarians stands for, isn't he? I think to have the combination of Razor and, and Rog as the, the coaching team for the game in November is just epic. I was, I was actually on the, the committee when, when Razor initially uh, coached the, the squad, which that game was in Limerick. Uh, so Rog's Rogers home province of Munster. And I just remember mm. chatting to him and Robbie Deans um, and just being able to get some of the golden insights that they had as a coaching team for that game was was world class and you know there is no surprise that Razor is being spoken about as being an incumbent all blacks coach uh, but obviously from a club from the barbarians club's perspective what a what a grab he is for us to be able to come and coach uh, the, the side against his his home side hey hey Rory, <laughs> just talking about that were you guys laughing at the timing of the announcement when the coaches down here was uh, under the pump? Oh man, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was one. Honestly, given everything that the Barbarians Club has been through over the past couple of years, with you know COVID and postponed or cancelled fixtures and so on, uh, I'm not going to lie. When when obviously the the ABs lost the series to to Ireland last weekend, I looked at it and I thought, oh god, he's getting, there's no doubt. The Barbarians are going to lose Razor to the All Blacks coaching team, um, and that was just—I I was going to—I I just thought we're going to have to 
throw the cast out and see what see who else might bite for this coaching gig. But obviously, that's not happened yet. But I I'm, mm. I've got no doubt Razor has a has a future as an All Blacks coach. Um, it's a case of when rather than if that will happen. Mate, international experience has been the downfall for Razor. He's obviously going to be coaching over in uh, in the UK, getting some experience overseas. Where do you think this potentially may lead? Because there's a sense back home that we're probably going to lose Razor uh, offshore. And it's probably something that we're not ready for, but it's probably most likely going to happen. Can, can you see that happening somewhere over there in the UK that, that Razor could potentially lead to? Well, I think if you look at, you know, Graham Henry, Steve Hansen, those guys, it's, it's almost the model that All Blacks coaches go through is that they, they come up through the ranks and mm. then they go overseas and coach a bit overseas. And that, that that's kind of where they, they earn their, their corn, if you like. And then they, they go back having gained that international experience and potentially get an opportunity as an assistant coach in the ABs. And then there's the natural stepping stone towards the head coach. But you know, I think Razor Razor is someone who has lit up the coaching world as much as the as coaches can over the past few years. I think you know us up here in the Northern Hemisphere who tune into Super Rugby have seen what he's done with the Crusaders. I actually you know, I, I do quite a lot of work with leaders and leadership teams in business and sport, and what you realise is that no matter the size of the business or the people within the business or the sector that it operates in. I think fundamentally, when you strip it back, the people are really what drive success within businesses, whether they're small, medium, large sports organizations. You talk about, you you look at soccer teams, cricket teams, rugby teams, the people who are leading the charge, if they're good people who drive values and purpose through the business, you've got half a chance. And I think that's everything that Razor stands for. You know, when I, I, I got to know him a little bit when he when he coached uh, in for for the game in Munster, but fundamentally, even externally, you look at him and you're like, you know, all he cares about is being able to create this sense of belonging in a team and what really matters to be part of something. And you're all driving in the same direction. You all want the same thing. You all want you, you all you're all on the same page with regards to what you stand for as a as a team or organisation. And I think no matter what 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 you know, whether he's in business or in sport, he's going to have a positive influence on people. So I think that's kind of that's kind of why I say it's a matter of of when rather than if Razor ever goes on to to be the head man in the All Blacks. Um, obviously, now's maybe not his time, but um, I, I'm sure that his time will come. Yeah, Rory, I think your sentiments are felt down here by a lot of people too. That it's a matter of when um, Razor steps into that role. Just from a Scottish perspective. I guess from a Northern Hemisphere perspective, the Irish loss, the series loss, what does that do for the Northern teams up there with the All Blacks coming up to the World Cup? Yeah, I'll be honest, it's been huge up here. I think it's really easy to sit back and think, oh, you know, that that's not a great ABs team. But honestly, it's shown a vulnerability within that all-black side that we've probably not experienced for, you know, a good few decades now, uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm really honest. And from a Scottish perspective, Scotland have never beaten the all-blacks. And I know that I might be adding fuel to the fire, but, you know, the all-blacks are coming to 
to BT Murrayfield uh, on the 13th yeah. of, uh, of November. And it's prob- there are probably a few guys within that squad have thought, you know what, there's maybe a chance here for us to create history. Um, so Ireland have done what you know, not, many, not many sides have done. They've won a series down in New Zealand, um, and I suppose there have been there's been an element of, you know, the vulnerability of any sports team has been exposed for, by that, uh, but by that very good Irish team. And if I'm, if I'm really honest, I've commented I commentated on Argentina Scotland over the past three tests, and at the end of that, on the morning of last Saturday, I thought to myself, well, you know what? Our loss over in Dublin at the end of the Six Nations maybe doesn't look all that bad now because they've gone down there and they've knocked over, you know, the, the team that everybody wants to knock over. Let's not forget. The All Blacks are the title team in our sport. So, um, yeah, I think it's a huge thing. Um, but we all know at the same time that the quality, the depth, the abilities um, within, within New Zealand rugby is such that we expect a reaction. and. Every, everyone up here, let's be honest, is talking about Ireland saving their best rugby between World Cups. So that's one, <laughs> that's one positive, I'd say. Yes, they, they, they need to go on and transform that, uh, those results into a World Cup and maybe potentially push past the quarterfinal, mate. Just talk, tell us about the Barbarians. I wasn't one of the lucky ones to be able to uh, experience a Barbarians week, uh, part of the culture. I've heard lots, I've heard snippets, probably a lot we can't talk about on the radio, but <laughs> mate, what's it like? What's it, what, what does the week look like for, for a week in the Barbarians, just particularly leading up to play against the All Blacks? What, what, what should we expect and, and what does it mean to represent the Barbarians? I uh, see, so, you know, it's, it's one whereby, honestly speaking, um, having just been, you know, our most recent game was against England in June at Twickenham with, you know, a side, a side led by Fabien Galte and essentially his French second team. But I, I know the, the French strength and conditioning coach really well. Uh, he, he's a great guy. And he turned to me um, after the game on the, the Sunday and, and he was like, mate, this just makes a mockery of professional sports. He said, "My, how can my team yes. go out on the beers five days a week and then turn <laughs> up and beat one of the world's best teams uh, comfortably? And honestly, there's, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was a, I was essentially an all-saran international um, for, for a side who had some great days, but not many good days. We didn't win all that many games as a a Scottish side, but, you know, I I was able to play with some amazing players and being able to hear some of the world's best players talk about their barbarians experiences as being the best experiences of their careers just kind of highlights just how, just how much place it continues to have in the game. And it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. You know, at the time whereby players are contracted on big money on long-term contracts and their, their, their physical health is something that is so important. It's not easy to drive this club forward given that, you know, everybody within the club is a volunteer. Um, but the, th- the thing that keeps the club alive is the fact that every single player who plays the sport, you know, almost bar none, there might be one or two, but they want to play for the Barbarians. They want to represent this great club. They want to actually... Um, reconnect with 
their youth and the fundamentals as to what drew them to the game. And that's what the club does that is so difficult within professional sport now, whereby, you know, you, you must live the clean lifestyle. And don't get me wrong, like, Izzy, your, your Kiwi boys are better than most at being able to have a beer afterwards and, you know, let the guard down and get to know each other <laughs> as human beings. But the Barbarians just goes up another notch or two beyond that. And I think that's one of the yeah. things that continues to keep the club alive in a time that's really difficult for the sport, you know, because it's not easy to get a hold of players nowadays. Um, but thankfully, they, they still want to represent this um, incredible club. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe we got our preparations wrong, Kenty. Maybe we were too serious during our weeks uh, leading into a test match, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but the Kiwis weren't too too far off the barbars, to be brutally honest. Um, hey, Rory, <laughs> hey, Rory, with the you know, the World Club Challenge being touted for a kickoff in twenty twenty four, you guys looking forward to the Crusaders coming up there and winning that title? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what. Um, It'll be it'll be brilliant. Uh, I think uh, it's the 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 competition up here has kind of been thrown wide open over the past few months. Obviously, uh, you know if you look at the the European Champions Cup and Leinster, where everybody had them nailed on to to win that title, it's essentially Ireland plus a few world class overseas guys, and uh, La Rochelle turned them over under Ronan Gara. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I think it, I think it's great for the game. I think we have to start getting creative with how we bring a new audience into the game. I think we've got to try and open the game up to everybody. Um, it's you know, rugby union is under the spotlight. There, let, make no bo- make no bones about it. There's a lot up here in the northern hemisphere about the you know the impact of people who have had careers in the sport who are now under real strife. You know, uh, and whether it's with early onset dementia um, or Ed Slater this week with, um, you know, um, MND, it's, it's a really tricky time. So I think no matter what we can do for the game, we've got to throw it open to as many people as possible. I've got two young sons and I had a chat earlier on with one of the, one of the guys who had to do a bit of work with and He said, would you, would you be happy with your boys playing the sport? And I said, absolutely. I think fundamentally, the sport is getting safer in a, at a time where because they want to look after players. But my my generation of players are those who have had to go through the transition to professionalism that has exposed some to things that they shouldn't have been exposed to. Um, but I think fundamentally the you know the values, the teamship, the togetherness, the 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 understanding of how you can contribute to others. Um, is is so important uh, and i think it, no matter what we can do to grow the game we've got to go after it yeah it's it's going to be interesting hopefully we do get some innovation like that world club challenge has been on the cards for a very long time we haven't got anywhere so a long time we're heading in, heading in the right direction quickly before we let you go rory just on that um little situation that world rugby are facing i was reading that nfl is still paying i think it's about a billion dollars and um and kind of uh, payments that they've had to pay out to, to former players. Where, where do you see this going with Carl Heyman and then you've got Steve Thompson uh, leading the charge? Do you see a bit of an outcome coming from this? I, I, honestly, Izzy, I, I, I've got no idea. Um, I'm, yes. I'm concerned about it. 
Um, you know, I, you, you and I weren't a million miles apart with our careers. And mm. I think when we were signing contracts to to play for our clubs or international contracts, at no stage were we looking at, you know, our physical well-being um, and, and whether if you got a bang on the head, you should be you should be checked on several occasions or, you know, you should, you, if you get a bang on the head on field, you should be kept off field for 10 to 15 minutes. It's, it's a really, really, really difficult scenario at the moment. And I think uh, it's going to take some time to work through it. I, I it really is, is really upsetting and it's hit me pretty hard. And it's been, it's been a, a big, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenging time being able to read about, some of the challenges faced by the likes of Ed Slater and Ryan Jones and Alex Popham and Steve Thompson, um, who have put their bodies on the line for the sport that they love, um, and I think it's going to take it's going to take a lot of time to be able to work work through this. But I just hope that it doesn't negatively impact the sport in the long term, and that the the progress continues to be about how we make the sport safer while also maintaining the spectacle that has kept it going for, you know, 150 years. It's, it's, it is a great sport. We all love it. That's why you guys do what you do. That's why, why I used to do what I, I did, and that's why I broadcast on it. <laughs> so the reality is is that we all want the, the sport to be at its best, but we all want our the players who play it, whether it's the grassroots level, you know, the likes of my sons or amateur a- adult level or professional level we want the the players who play it to be as safe as they can possibly be to be able to you know have this continuity in the game on the money rory on the money mate appreciate your time this morning on izzy and kempi for breakfast we'll let you get back to it mate and uh i won't bring up the golf because i know an australian won the open but a kiwi was on the bag mate you know Sam Pinfold. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, that, you're, you're, you're clutching at straws there, is he? You're clutching at straws. But uh, any time, next time, are you over? Are you over for the, the, the November tours? Uh, not at this stage, mate. Um, but you never know, Roy. I'll be over and I'll bring come, you come to our, Come to our Bill So you know my granddad was Bill McLaren, the voice of rugby. Come to our Bill oh, McLaren yes, Foundation I... dinner on the Friday, the Friday before... The Scotland versus the All Blacks, Friday the 11th of November. The the invite okay. is there. Give me a shout. There you, there you go, Rory. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Thank you very much, mate. All the best. Thanks, and, lads. Uh, that's a huge Gary Owen. <laughs> that one's got snow on it. He's like a runaway buffalo. I tell you what, my, 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 I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you on my favourite ever quote of his. There he is. Okay. Flace Visaki. Born on the high veldt, born when meat was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is gold. Rory, mate, you're an absolute champ, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, fellas. Go steady. questions on your radio 
Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. 0800-150-811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Deck, give it a go. It's Quizzy Deck, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Deck, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Deck, we're going to the go-go. Yep, that's right. Mitchell, Mitchell, you texted through yesterday. Double eight, double three. You won your $50 bonus, but I said to give us a call today. 0800 Give us a call, mate. Yeah, here we go. Jade from Hamilton, you're up first. Morning, Jade. Morning, brother. Morena, brother. Morena. Good luck. Here we go. Who is the new, cru- the new Crusaders assistant coach? Uh, Jimmy Marshall. Jimmy Marshall. Well done. Question number two. Jarrell Brantley is the Breakers' second import for next season's NBL. Which NBA Summer League did he participate with? Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns is incorrect. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day, mate. Tony. Morena, Tony. Morning, brother. Here we go, Hello. question number two. Jarrell Brantley is the Breakers' second import for this next season's NBL. Which NBA Summer League did he play with? Uh, Summer League, I'll go, um, I'll just say it, Utah. Utah is incorrect. Sorry, Tony. Have a good day. Anton, morning. Morena, bro. Morena, morena. Jarrell Brantley. Break his second import for next season's NBL. Which NBA Summer League did he participate with? He was with the Clippers, I think. Clippers is correct. Question number three. 16-year-old Maggie Squire is New Zealand's youngest at the Commonwealth Games. Which event will she compete in? Oh. 16. Uh, yeah, give us a quick entry, please. Sorry, no. Kinners and powers. Diving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was too easy, Kempi. Here we go. Question number four. Which European football giant does Robert Lewandowski now play for? <laughs> uh, football is not my thing, bro. Ah, European football giant. Ah. Let's go Juventus. Ooh, Juventus. No, it's not Juventus. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. We're going to go to Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Mark. Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Appreciate your message on Chelsea Lane. Thanks for that earlier on, mate. But uh, which football giant does Robert Lewandowski play play for? I've got no idea, lad, so I'm just going to have a punt. Um, we'll go Barcelona. Barcelona hey. is correct. It's a hell of a punt. <laughs> They're a giant. They're one of the biggest. Question number five. Who was the Black Caps' first test captain? 
in 1930? Oh, jeez. I have no idea. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, even a clue's probably not going to help me, is it? No. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll try a clue anyway. This is a two-part clue. Um, boss, this is the first part of the clue is a boss cat. And the second part of the clue, the kid played for Northcote and the Kiwis. He's a front rower. <laughs> oh, so the first one, Tom. Um, and the second one, I've got no bloody idea. See you tomorrow, lad. <laughs> <laughs> so, cheers, Mark. Brett from Huntley, he'll get this. He loves his cricket. Brett. Um, I'm not that old, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Black Kids' first test captain in 1930? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, Uncle. Oh, we'll go to Ed, he'll get it. Morning, Ed. Hey, hey. No, morning, hey, morning. Hey. Well, that clue from Kempe, he said, paper Northcote and was a Kiwi. My mate Jason Lowry yeah. was over there. So was it Jason Bob? <laughs> no, 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 you had no, it, you Ed. had it, no, Ed, no, Ed, Ed, oh, sorry, oh, no, 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 Mark got the first name right, was it Tom Lowry? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Well done, Ed. Good man. You know that. Oh, oh, he's the best, mate. Quizzy Dag. Oh, you get us so good. Well done, Ed. We'll get you that bonus bet, mate. And you're gonna go to the Gold Coast 500. I can just feel it, mate. You've got, you've got some sort of mana about you. Kimpy off the back fence this week. A little this morning. A little bit different. Yeah, look, after uh, what went on with Manly yesterday, I thought I'd uh, do something a little bit different here. So I asked my daughter, Isabella, if she could ride off the back fence for me. Um, so off the back fence will be from Isabella. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. I get confused when one part of society doesn't... Uh, sorry, one part of society decides that another part of society doesn't fit in their space. Why do people feel they have the right, based on personal belief, to abuse, attack and ridicule our community because we are seen as freaks? When in fact the only freaky thing about this is you're freaking me the hell out when you attack us. If you're worried about damnation, don't worry, you're not going to hell for me being gay. But don't you go to hell for me not loving thy neighbour? Going back decades, the queer community has only fought when provoked. Our only crime is minding our own business. The more, be, the, the more this ignorant and even hateful behaviour is swept under the rug, the more it is encouraged. Your willful silence does us no favours. Your blatant disregard for our quiet peace only makes you look worse in the eyes of the rational and level-headed. We are all tired. We are not asking you to be with someone of the same gender. We are asking for your love and support. Religion is not a free pass. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, that is powerful, Kempy. And I commend your daughter for writing that honest, open, and well, it's just left it all out on the table. And look, I spoke about it yesterday. I've got family members and people are hurting. And people are hurting that they just can't understand. Like, they're just normal human beings and... 
just because they have different ways about going about life doesn't make them any different. And uh, yeah, it's a horrible situation we got going on at Manly, mate. Thank you for sharing that. Ethan DeGroot, Samasoni Newell. The AB's front row is not too distant future, in my opinion. That's from Ian. Ooh, there's a bit of power in that front row there. And, uh, hey, earlier on in the show, we are asking where you want to go. Brett said he doesn't really want to go to Birmingham, but wouldn't mind watching friend of the show, Hayden Wilde, absolutely send it 10 p.m. Friday night, our time. Yeah, Hayden Wilde has got to be a genuine medal shot. But today, fellas, because we spoke about it yesterday, and there has been so much heated discussion around the winter racing in New Zealand and how we can avoid what we saw on Saturday with the abandonment at Rotorua, it's a perfect time to catch up with Cambridge Jockey Club President Bruce Harvey because their showcase is on today with four $40,000 races on the synthetic. It's a very cool day down there with some nice even fields and Bruce is on the line with us now. G'day, Bruce. How you doing? Good morning. How are you, Louie? Yeah, good, man. Really good. Excited for a big day. Talk us through this um, 40, four $40,000 races. What, I mean, that's not necessarily an everyday sort of occurrence or an every Wednesday, is it? No, it's the second year we did it, uh, have done it. Um, last year we did it as well through um, sponsorship from um, um, Martin Collins and, and, and the poly, the people who put the poly track in. And so it's been a, it's, yeah, it's been a, a great um, initiative for the club. Um, Colton made in that run today, uh, race day today, building up to it. And um, no, we've been pretty happy with the fields and, and it gives you an opportunity to, to race with some good money. Hey Bruce, it's Kempe mate, what, what have you made of the abandonment chat, you know, um, do you think we'll get to a place where the synthetics are used on a Saturday uh, for racing in winter? I think we will when, you know, it's, it seems to be, our weather patterns, patterns changed a lot, you only need to see in the regions how much rain they've been getting in the last little bit compared to the annual rainfalls and that. And, and you know, with Ellerslie out, getting getting a new track in, Tiara, we have repairs, a couple of other tracks closed, there's more pressure going on a smaller amount of, of venues now. So, um, you know, we've got to be able to take pressure off these tracks and let them, give them time to repair. It's bloody hard to try and repair tracks um, in a short amount of time in, in this weather. Um, so I, I believe that decisions are made uh, earlier in the week, there's no reason why we can't. Um, I think, without going into it too much, Rotorua might have been a different, you know, a, a different um, scenario. It could have been that decision could have been made earlier, by the sound of it. And I'm sure they'll rectify the problems. And yeah, I, I think we will. Um, you know, we only need an hour and a half after track work to to have the track prepared for race day. So you, you know, we don't need a hell of a lot of warning. Mm. to hold a race meeting or trial meeting. Hey, Bruce, how, how are jockeys, owners, um, you know, the horses, how, how are they taking to the synthetic racing, mate? Is it, you reckon it's, it's getting, going from strength to strength with more horses actually racing on it? I think so. You know, I, I heard, a, heard a comment from a trainer the other day saying he wouldn't race a good horse on it. Now, there's not many good horses going around this time of year racing. They're all <laughs> just coming back into work or, or getting ready for spring racing. And, I think it was a great endorsement for the track when you see Mark Walker have, have 50 horses at the trials the other day and there wouldn't be too many of his Group 1 horses that haven't trialled on it um, in the last 12 months. And, I mean, that's what it's designed for. It's designed 
for training, trialing, and, and predominantly wet weather, and that really comes into its own when, when we get torrential rain. We've had 100 mil of rain here, and next, next morning, galloped horses on it, and, and you wouldn't know we'd had rain. That's what they're designed for. And, um, you know, we've we got 16 race meetings there. Well, I don't know how many trial, trial meetings every second week, just about. We've had jump outs every week. And this morning it was like the motorway on, on a public holiday with horses galloping and working on the track. So, and in an hour and a half time after they shut it, we'll be ready for a race day. So, you know, you know when you nominate your horse, the jockeys take rides. They, you know, you're going to the race meeting's going to go ahead. It's, you're not going to hold your breath driving all the way to a venue and then they've called the races off. Yeah, bang on, Bruce. Very well put, mate. Hey, we know that you are one of the elite judges in the game. And you got a couple going around for yourself today. Um, Papenhausen, Lasers Fury, Rock Bank. I think they're all pretty decent each way chances, but is one in particular ready to go bang? Um, well, I wouldn't know if I'm the greatest judge, but um, um, I, I think I don't think any of the horse, any of those three, are going to change my address. But they're, they're all honest. And Papenhausen was pretty dominant the other day, and and. You know, you, you, I'd like to think he would race up to that again. Um, he, his work's been really good. Rockbank, a lot of speed in that race, and we're going to have to. We've tried to get him to relax and, and learn to um, come home, which he has his last two starts. So he, we won't change change his racing pattern. So he'll get back from a wide draw and need a little bit of luck. Um, that's only a seven horse field, and Lasers Fury. Was unlucky not to win his first start, his first start on the synthetic um, two months ago, and sort of been trapped wide his last two runs through just wide draws. Um, so he's drawn well today. So I'd be disappointed if he didn't run an improved race. But um, yeah, I think Pappenheisen's probably the probably the best chance of the three. But you know, forty thousand dollars race, it's going to be competitive racing. Yeah, absolutely. Nice even fields. Really appreciate your time, mate, and um, congratulations for getting the, the day together again. I remember last year when it went on and it was quite a thrill, and I think um, hopefully you can get some foot traffic on track today. Or is, or is the weather still turgid down there, or is it coming good? Oh, it's, the wind's dropped now. It's been pretty foul earlier on and, th- and you know, early in the, in the morning. Like, um, But, yeah, it's, we seem to be pretty blessed with the way the actual weather's been on our race days, and we get a good walk-up crowd. It's a good good atmosphere, nice and relaxed. And we're starting to get regulars come every Wednesday, you know. So um, hopefully um, yeah. hopefully the, the wind drops and the rain stops and, and, and we have a fun day there. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, we're Love all it. looking forward to it. Love it, Bruce. Bruce Arvey, he's the president of the yeah, Cambridge Bruce. Jockey Club. Uh, he's a fantastic judge. He's a good racing man. And there you go, Cambridge Synthetic today. Pappenhausen's a nice wee chance. Yeah, let's tack right. It's a time for that McCafe coffee catch-up because you know it's this time of year. We go deep into club sports seasons and it's a chance for the local legends to come up and talk everything about what's going on in their community. And at the moment, we've got the Fox Memorial Grand finals coming up with the semi-finals and quarter-finals being played last week. And we've been able to track down a friend of mine called Craig Godfrey. He's the chairman of the Te Atatū, uh, Rugby League Club. It's his first year uh, in that seat, and he's doing a wonderful job uh, bringing that club forward with some great, uh, I guess, some initiatives and some some forward thinking. And he joins us on the phone this morning. Morena, Craig. Sure to be. Thanks for having me on. No, no worries, Bo. Thanks for coming on on such short notice. But, um, mate, how's things going for you there at uh, Te Atatū in the, in, the, in the hot seat, in the chairman seat? Yeah, 
Yeah, not too bad, boys. Um, we've had quite a good season. As you said, it's my first season um, or first full year as a chair here. Um, and we, we set about a bit of a change of culture and, and um, build ourselves a competitive roster. And we had a good thing at the Fox competition this year. And unfortunately, we just come up a little bit short in the quarterfinals, but learned a hell of a lot, which was good. And and with the competition this year, I know that you know for the last couple of years, you, you said it's your first year in the comp. They haven't been able to get to a, to the finals before um, because of COVID. What is what has your take been on the competition? And um, and what do you think of the 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 rest of the season, the semi-finals and the and the grand final? How that's going to shape up? Yeah, the season was a short one, so we got interrupted by the Omnicron at the start of the year. Um, so there wasn't as many rounds as, as we normally would be. But it was actually a um, it was actually a, a bit of a blessing because um, uh, with the boys being sort of, um, you'd almost call it semi-professional or, or um, they all have to have day jobs. You know, a long season takes a toll when you can only train in the rain Tuesday, Thursday night and try and produce some results on a Saturday. So the, the shorter format actually worked out quite well. And then, yeah, at the business end of the season now, so all of the creams risen to the top. Um, all of the big mm. boys are big up, the back up there, so the point sheds and the glen auras and the old staples, so it'll be a bit of a battle. Yeah, and what what is hey. your what is your take on the final, mate? Who do you think are the are the um the team to beat going into the semis and the grand final? I think Point Sheds, they'll, they'll always be up there. Um, they'll be there again with the men and the women. Um, and that's to be expected um, to the point for the rest of us it starts to get a bit boring. Um, but, you know, next year we'll have another red-hot crack. Patterson will have another red-hot crack. As I said, we've learned a lot. We've built a really good roster. Um, and we know, we know what it takes now. So, yeah. Hey, Craig, Izzy here, mate. Appreciate you coming on the show at such late, late notice, mate. Uh, what about the the strength? Obviously, you've had your, your struggles. Everyone's had their struggles the last two years with COVID, but I get a sense that Auckland Rugby League as a whole is in good stead. The numbers that are flooding into the game, mate, is that, is that a reflection of your club too? You you happy with where the numbers are at for the club? Yeah, we are. Well, I think with, the, um, with what's happened with COVID, COVID we, we were able to... Um, just stay stable, and if you're able to stay stable and not declining in these sort of times, that's um, that's a pretty good thing. And then now we're on a on a little bit of a rebound. Um, mm. I'm not sure about right across the game. I think we've still got a lot of work to do and a, and a few ways, yeah. quite a ways to go. Um, but I think we'll get there, mate. Yeah. Mate, what are some of the challenges as a as a new chair coming into the game of rugby league in Auckland that you've that you've faced this year, and some of the opportunities that you also see coming out of the back end of it? Um, some of the challenges were probably just um, getting over or getting through the COVID situation. A lot of people are um, uh, in, in a sort of a COVID mode. Our people especially are in a bit of a COVID mode where it's been hard to get re-motivated um, and, and back onto the field. Um, always changing the culture or improving the culture um, is an important thing and getting kids especially back up to the clubs. Um, and then I think we've got to sort of diversify our thinking and, and work out how we can get more people back involved. And that might not always just be um, directly putting the boots on and getting on the field. Um, we've got to look at other things that you can do. So we've just done an agreement with the netball club. Um, so we run a netball club out of the club. 
We run the um, playgroup out of the front. Um, we did in-house auctions, um, real estate auctions at the club, with Barfoot and Thompson. So you've got to do a whole lot of things there first, create an event, and try and get them interested in the game. Uh, you spoke earlier about the powerhouses having, you know, all the strength, and, and year to year they are the ones that are, you know, the cream's rising to the top at the end of the season. For yourself at Tiara 2, how do we get Tiara 2, or how do you instill that maybe Tiara 2 can get to that stage where they're, they're pushing for a finals berth? Well, I think, um, take it from me, we've put the competition on on notice. Um, so it's, it's about trying to create... Um, depth in your squad and a culture at your club and, and trying to be able to keep everybody there and keep keep them engaged. Um, I was really, really impressed with how well we did this year um, and we'll, we will keep and build on the same roster for next year. Um, mm. And yeah, we'll start to ch- challenge for titles, but not just once. We plan to stay at the top there year on year. Yeah, that's awesome, Craig. You're doing a wonderful job, mate. And uh, just want to say thank you for coming on the Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning, uh, mate. Just yeah, quickly cheers, before Craig. I go, have you thought about throwing your hat in uh, for the for the board of the ARL? You'd make a great chairman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think um, I'd be excited about it, um, and, and passionate about it, passionate passionate about the game like yourself. Um, I know what I do works in my community. Um, I'm, I would be a little bit unsure if I could help right across right across the city, but yeah, I'd be happy to entertain it and have a look at it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk, brother. Thanks a lot for coming on, Craig. Have a good day today, and uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers, Craig. Thanks for great, great guy, mate. Great guy is. He's doing some wonderful stuff out at uh, Teatro. So I got a phone call from him just out of the blue one day. He said, oh, can we meet at the club? And uh, mm. I said, yeah, you know what I'm like. Yeah, bro, no worries at all. Jumped in my car, drove out there, and we sat outside of his, outside of Teatro Club in the car park, and we spoke for about an hour and a half just about what we could do with the club, you know, to run auctions from from um, real estate agents, get, you know, more than just the club, you know, get childcare centres in there, bring other sports hubs in and around this club. The other thing about Teatro their club is right on the motorway. I said to him, why don't you get a sign, mate? See what the council um, permits are for, like, getting this massive... You know, you get those big billboards that they sell for thousands on the side of the motorway? Mate, his, his club, when you're driving down the Western Motorway, sits right on it. So he's a forward thinker, man. I, I think he he's not too far off getting on the Auckland Rugby League board, and if I've got anything to do, it, do with it, I'll be lobbying, and, and he can have my seat. Um, but I, I see him as a chairman of the future. He's, he's, he's that good a thinker. Yeah, loved it. Loved it, mate. We appreciate him coming on uh, at such late notice. Craig Grogfrey, chairman of Te Two League Club. Uh, Kempi, well done there. And uh, that's a great idea. Chuck some advertising up and sell it. Hey, mate. Thousands. Yeah, those billboards, they actually do. That's, that's good business. It's like <laughs> supermarkets. Heaps. You get in there, so mm. uh, you can absolutely rack it up. Just thought just occurred to me, boys. It was great to touch base with the Fox Memorial. Like, this time of year, we must have so many club grand finals coming up this weekend. And semi-finals, but especially finals around the country. Can you start? Can you start? Can we compile them? Who do you want to shout out in your local community, your town? Who's going for it? I know they had some grand finals last weekend, but there must be a hell of a lot more coming up this weekend and the weekend after. Uh, who is it? Football, rugby, netball, hockey. Cl- Clifton got robbed. Clifton got <laughs> robbed. I'm telling you, two oh. co- two copper. They paid the ref. 
Oh, kid B, that old chestnut. Double eight, double three. Come through, and if you want to have a whinge, just uh, I'll give you Kempi's number in the, and you can just message him directly. He'll give you get you the fast lane. Um, yeah, I'd love to know. Like, there must be some good club events hap- happening this weekend. The Bush Pigs, kids. You just said that in my ear. What was that? Yeah, I've been uh, following the Instagram story pretty hard. Obviously, our old mate Thomas Grant was there last year. He's not travelling with the team this year. But uh, yeah, get on the uh, Carisbrook Bush Pigs Instagram story if you want a good laugh every day. So they're down there competing at the under-85s. There you go. It's all happening at this time of year. Send your nominations through double eight double three. We'll shout out your local club. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.